0: What the final conflict is,
1: that's when it all goes. That's when
0: there's no children left. That's when somebody pushes the red button. The other week,
1: the Hayes and I travel the astral plane to Bangkok, the city of nights your face in the presence of your parents, let's in the presence of all the plans and again, you again, dummy. I am not
2: going to allow any human being to insult me or this. i
1: lost. It 60 minutes Sixty minutes. Sixty minutes. Sixty minutes. Sixty minutes.
3: sir. That is a proper introduction for the 60-Minute Men. Episode 7, we are taping on a snowy Sunday. No, wait a minute, not Sunday. We usually tape on Sunday. It's, it's Tuesday, Tuesday night, 7 o'clock. Here we are, full two, crew. Two, 2-2 Tuesday. 2-2, two, two. that's right. It's 2 Groundhog Day. So apparently, I don't know, is there going to be more winter or not? Or yes, it gonna there be is. Rain?
2: Six
3: more yes. weeks. Uh, what do you know? Um, I am the mercenary here we are again for episode seven we got tons to talk about tonight let's do quick introductions well before we do introductions all props to super astro for the introduction the new theme song yeah golf claps all around because good stuff plenty of special nuggets of wrestling goodness in there Uh, and a little bit of the dory funk all stars in the background little leg
4: that's that's the, the dfas we don't want the wwe to sue us
3: That's true. If if now that might be another podcast. You have to tell us about the time Dory Funk, Jr., his I mean it wasn't him, but maybe S Man
4: will tell you all about that story. His
3: wife sent a cease and desist
4: letter. No, 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 no. His wife was a beautiful
3: lady. Oh, beautiful, friendly, very nice, lovely. That's very nice. We'll have to we'll have to put that on the docket at some point because I do remember that vaguely, but. In the meantime, it's time for introductions. I'm going to go here off to my right machine. What's going on, brother?
2: Nothing. I'm ready to roll tonight. Uh, uh, good topic tonight. Uh, good good agenda that you sent down. I'm, I'm just ready. Cold winter, you know, just warms me up being with amongst wrestling friends.
3: Excellent. And we have, speaking of warm wrestling friends, the masked man is here. Looking dapper as always. In
5: South Florida, there's no snow down here, guys. I got to tell you. Uh, of
3: course not. The stretcher looking very nice in his uh, in his uh, evening cap, his uh, country cap. Stretcher, what's up, buddy? I am
6: I am ready. We have our own version of the Tuesday Night Titans right here, except better.
3: Exactly. Tuesday Night Titans a wonderful show and Super Astro of course. Last but not least.
4: Yeah, that's right. That, that did that would make sense that it ran on a Tuesday, didn't it? Is that, that on the USA Before Network? It,
6: it?
3: Yes, uh, it was. I can just think of Lord Alfred Hayes saying, "Coty Wild Musk." But <laughs> uh, anyway, fellas, so uh, we got lots to talk about today. So uh, again, I think like we did last week, you know, we're going to hit the. Uh, we like this idea again. This day in pro wrestling history. So I think we'll hit that first today. Is February second? We'll go with that. We'll talk a little music in pro wrestling, and of course, groundhog day spotlight on uh, one of the greats. Bruiser Brody. So let's talk about today, right? I mean, it's Groundhog Day. There's going to be more winter, oddly enough. Let's take a look through uh, you take the Wayback Machine and go through and take a look at this day in pro Wrestling history. Um, anybody, you know, just take a look and speak up. What's, what jumps out at you on this day that we can talk about?
2: Interesting. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> That go ahead, guys. Go ahead, you know, stretch your well, head, whoever. Go ahead, you start, and then I can roll with it.
3: I mean, the one thing that popped out to me automatically was the Midnight Express, and I, I want to go back here. Yeah, man, that's the one at Midnight Express. And I'm trying to pick up the year here, of course, as I'm scrolling down. But the Midnight Express win their first NWA World Tag Team Championship. Uh, we've had Jim Cornette on as kind of a um, wrestler spotlight. At some point, certainly we talked about managers, but the Men Express—one of the greatest tag teams I think we could had say that we've ever seen, um, one of the greats, right? No, no doubt. Absolutely. Absolutely. I'm trying to get an idea who who did they who did they defeat for their for oh well of course here it is girl, in 1980 1986 they defeat the Rock and Roll Express in Atlanta Georgia win the tag team titles. Ending Gibson and Morton's second reign championships, the match actually aired on Superstars on the Superstation five days later. Um, I mean, you want to talk about feuds? Yeah, those guys yeah. are those guys are still those guys are still feuding, aren't they?
6: It, probably somewhere. Yes, they certainly are. Um, so, what do you I, got? What do, what,
3: Go ahead. Well, Go Astro, you're up.
4: We've got here 86, you know, just us to talk about this. It, you know, they won the title ending their second reign. Uh, match aired five days later on Super, uh, Superstars on the Superstation. What I'm most concerned about or, or questioning is the next little tidbit here, which is Dirty Roads. Who is Dirty Roads?
6: It's not the first time I've heard that name. Andrew Smith. But,
4: uh, Dirty Roads uh, defeated Buddy Landell for the NWA Mid-American Heavyweight title in Memphis, Tennessee.
3: I think that requires someone to immediately do a Google search. I, I, I have seen dirty roads maybe once. He's obviously a knockoff of son of a plumber, dusty roads. Uh, well, I want to say he was, he was... Miss- no, I I guess I thought it was just like it's a typo. Um, I, no, I've dirty actually Rhodes seen would be going
4: on the list. If he wasn't a real person,
5: uh, yeah. I will let you know somebody here says Dirty Roads was created by Jerry Lawler to get back at Dusty Roads. I was gonna say, is
2: that a rib on, on Dusty? You know what I mean? Just like Virgil is a rib on Dusty in you know WWF. I don't know if you guys knew
6: that. Do you guys know that? You
3: knew that. Well, it, isn't there like at least three or four ribs in the WWF on Dusty Roads. I yeah, know that was one of them. Um, and then of course they eventually get him in the WWF and they dress him in polka dots. Yeah i wanted to
6: mention i'm looking i'm looking down at this list 1987 the wrestling star wars of world class this is when world class was was world class especially boring like i remember the dingo warrior i mean bob bradley you know uh brian adias you know at least at least uh you know at least i built a Butcher and tony alice went at it but red
4: river you know, Al- Al- R- 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 jack defeated killer tim brooks
6: And and, and David Manning defeated Gary Hart. That's referee David Manning, isn't it?
3: It is. That would be, yes. That would be. I, 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 that's, yeah, I got to agree with you. I know at some point, 83, 84, maybe even all the way up to 86, world class was pretty world class. But yeah, looking at this lineup, you have to be to
4: be the rock and roll RPMs.
6: Yeah. I I mean, I remember, like, I would, be excited to watch it, and every week I'd be because I think it was on ESPN, like two in the morning or whatever. Not that I was ever sleeping when I was sixteen, but I just remember it uh, being like, just like, why am I watching this? Yet I watched it.
4: How about how about this this little thing? I always forget. Nineteen ninety one, WWF Champion Sergeant Slaughter. I always forget oh, yeah. that. That was uh, that was when he yeah. he turned yeah. bad again, right?
3: He was the Iraqi, Iraqi...
2: Yeah, subbing for Randy Savage, it says. What's that all about? Well, that was for Randy Savage.
4: That that was the only way they they had him beat Hogan, right? It was because he 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 was with General Adnan and uh, the Iron Sheik.
3: Yeah, no, no, Colonel Mustafa. His, Colonel, Colonel
4: Mustafa, Sheik. right? He was not
3: the Iron Sheik at that some point for whatever reason. Like anyone who ever watched <laughs> wrestling was like, that's the Iron Sheik. No, no, he's Colonel Mustafa.
4: <laughs> yeah, particularly since Jim Jim Duggan defeated General Adnan. Uh, in 48 seconds,
3: <laughs> it
4: was something. Oh!
2: Albert, I'm right with the two by four. Boom,
4: boom. All I have to say is February 2nd was a pretty boring day in professional wrestling.
2: Yeah, and even the birthday—the one birthday I have—we were talking uh-huh. about this before. Uh, yeah, Teddy Hart, and I guess his real name is Edward Anis A N N I S, uh, Canadian professional wrestler born in Teddy Hart, I guess, are associated with the Hart family, obviously. That's the only. Well, there was a Tenru was also born on this day today.
4: Uh oh. What was this? What's this highlighted match right here? Mr. Tenru. <laughs> oh,
2: look at that. The machine. Diamond Dallas Page defeats the machine. Didn't happen. That's, that's your internet malfunctioning oh. again. It's, Fake the,
3: it's, not, it's not the machine, it's a machine. They got that. that The machine. (laughs) Yeah, they can. No, they got that wrong. It's it's a machine. It's not the machine. Uh, It's it's not a great
6: great day, day, but the Midnight Express thing is in itself quite significant.
3: Yes. Yeah. Great tag team. Well, uh, yeah. Like we'll eventually talk about tag teams. I mean, obviously they're a heel tag team. They're bad guys. I mean, you kind of still like them, though, right? I mean, stretcher. I mean, they are still kind of popular.
6: What's what's not to like? You know, but I mean, if you didn't, if you didn't, you, you know, deceive yourself and think that you didn't like Jim Cornette, then you come on. Exactly. I mean, and, and, by, and Bobby Eaton is, I mentioned this, I think the first podcast, Bobby Eaton is one of the most underrated wrestlers ever. I believe it's beautiful, Bobby. Beautiful Bobby. Eaton, you're correct. That, Thank that you. guy could have wrestled flair and then hung and hung out with him,
3: you know? Yeah. Yeah. All right. Quick, quick round table. Can you, how many tag team moves of the Midnight Express can you name? Oh, Jesus. Oh, double Goozle? Because they had the Double Goozle. They had names double for everything. Goozle. Yep. Double Goozle. The Vegematic. Vegematic. The Gravedigger. Uh, Bobby Eaton, I think, had like a an arm lock or something called the Divorce Court. Um, That's they had right. names and, for everything. They had names that, for everything.
6: That was not a move you could fake, the Divorce Court. I remember that.
3: It was some That's kind it. of like arm move, and he would fall down to the ground. yeah. He and look how like he separated his, his shoulder.
6: When the guy's rotator comes so how do you fake that? So, so we uh, stuff are, like we, are we clear in thinking that the the uh, the Sweet Stan Lane version is better than a Dennis Connery version, or is that?
5: I think it really depends on how you look at what you want from a wrestling match. There is there is mm. fluidity and sharpness to the Stan Lane and um, Bobby Eaton version, but there's Rock a rough and, there's a rough and tumble nature to yes. Randy to to. Randy Rose and um, Bobby Eden. That or I'm mean, Dennis Condry. Randy Rose was a guy who came in as the uh yeah, that, that's the, a the hard, original a wrestler there. Randy Rose. Yeah.
6: Yeah.
5: That was not that was him and Dennis Condry was the original the original Midnight Express when they came in to feud with the beautiful Bobby and Stan Lane version. Remember that feud? Correct, yeah. Mm-hmm. Yeah, all right. Yes, I do. I sometimes I, I pop him into my placement as if he is Really a member of the Midnight Express, and he was not for real.
6: I think we should I, have an entire podcast about uh, the about the masked man's placement because that's uh
4: yeah, well, here we go. Here's here's a little write up. Eaton and lane had for a time what many can be considered the best finishing move in all of wrestling, the vegematic, which consisted of Lane bear hugging an opponent while Eaton ascended to the top rope. Leaton was in position, where, uh, Lane would lower the opponent to a horizontal position a few feet away from the mat and Eaton would jump from the top rope, leg-dropping the suspended opponent across the neck. When performed correctly, it was the most devastating maneuver of its time in tag team wrestling compared only to the Road Warriors' doomsday device.
6: Yeah. So, so, so like, it's a legitimate move. Like, you know, as much as the Rock and Roll Express were, a, you know, a fun team and, and, they, and they did wrestle hard, the double drop kick, I never really thought it could ever pin anybody. You know, but that, <laughs> but that move right there, that's going to pin you.
4: Cornette, they say was the one to uh, to give them the names Cornette was known for giving very original names uh besides the aforementioned Matic, Cornette coined the terms flapjack i think we forgot the flapjack forgot the, uh, call, the flapjack yeah common tag team maneuver the double goozle, a combination schoolboy clothesline uh the rocket launcher and uh, and of course the divorce court which we mentioned uh now they say for an armbar takedown it was much more than an armbar takedown
3: yeah yeah, no, no. yeah. It was a uh, it was a complete separation of the shoulder, which I believe is why they got the nickname. The whole separation thing going on. Divorce. There's, that kind of oh up my an, God. I- an, an idea, uh,
6: Matt uh, Mercenary. Like, the, perhaps one time we could discuss the greatest uh, tag team finishing maneuvers. Like, you know, how about the Anderson sticking out your arm and separating your shoulder, pretty much with the knee. You know.
3: Yeah. And then just some, yanking on it until you give up. I mean, yeah, that's that's yeah. absolutely a way to go. Yeah, it's another thing again to put in uh, on the back burner whether it's greatest tag teams, greatest tag team finishers. Um, yeah. There's there's a lot to talk about, especially so, since
4: this it. topic is, I know, particularly dear to the mass man. Um, because uh, you know, tag teams. Do they know how to wrestle as tag teams anymore?
5: Do you, how often can you look at a match, tag team match, and you see two men working in tandem? True. The answer. The answer is. Rarely, if ever. Because back then, and the Midnight Express were, I think, epitomized it. Them, um, the Andersons really did it very well. Um, Tully and Arne did it really well. That's the two men working in tandem, where you had a team of two men who worked as
3: one. Absolutely. And they had to make sure to hold on to the tag-, tag rope, too. And, and, uh, I like the,
6: the the one save aspect that Tony Schiavone would always say, Oh, it's a save. You get you get one save when your man's getting your man may be getting pinned. That's it one. I, True.
2: So did so somebody you know, mark that on a scorecard?
4: There's more
3: allowed one pin save. Gordon was all
2: over that. One thing I really liked about when tag matches when the bag it was the bad guys, the heels would do it all the time, when the ref's back was turned and the guy in the ring had the opponent held up and the other guy would just go like this. Yeah. Just clap yeah, but they never <laughs> made an so actual clap. It's my favorite. That is my favorite. I love that. Then I heard an interesting story today. Cornette was telling about um, Vince got all fucked up at a bar or something, and all the tag teams were there. And he said, I'll take all your finishing maneuvers. And every team went and like they gave him the doomsday device, you know, and, and all that stuff. And he took every tag team's finishing maneuver in a bar somewhere and they just literally smashed them
3: to a so that's that's my tag team. How do you so. how do
6: you not want to wrestle for that guy after that? Exactly. exactly.
3: And you, you and you absolutely believe that because it Vince McMahon is is insane anyway.
2: Yeah,
4: um, he
3: is. Yeah. Stand back. Uh, totally. Well, that's that's a whole other thing. His dance moves and being able to sing. Stand back, which kind of leads us into our next topic. Yes. Uh, we want to talk about music. Hey,
2: yeah, real music. quick before we move yeah. to next day. good, man. Uh, today in history, February second. Not really good birthdays, but tomorrow, two significant ones. Marty Jannetty, born February 3rd, and Kerry <laughs> Von Eric. Is that murderer, Marty Jannetty? <laughs> yes. <laughs> and, uh, Excuse me? <laughs> and Kerry Von Eric are born tomorrow. So I just had to get that in real quick. Go.
3: No, good. That's a good pull. I mean, Marty Gennetti, um, controversial to say the least. Carrie Von Eric. I mean, let's be honest. Kerry Von Eric could have been a huge star. I mean, I only won the NWA title for maybe like a month. Um and he was in the WWF later in his career, but like he probably could have been an even bigger star than he was. Yeah, yes, well, so he,
6: he won the Intercontinental title and he was wrestling uh lower for the AWA title. that's that's something else I was thinking about. Like who has ever won? It's another topic for another time. Who's ever won the three major titles? Yes. You know, because it's you 'cause it's yeah, you're gonna
4: chance to watch the dark side of the ring on Levon Eric.
6: Very good. Oh yeah. That's
3: a, that's right, let's a good let's go with, let's go with our topic though. Let's, yes. let's Okay. All right. Well, let's, let's, let's go to music. All right. I mean, this again, this was brought up by the stretcher. Um, he's usually good at, at finding topics for us to discuss. So music and wrestling, I'll just start with just this basic intro and then we can kind of go from there. Music. I mean, we always kind of look at it because obviously we're fans of the eighties, you know, maybe like late seventies, eighties and beyond. And when you talk about music in wrestling, okay, normally it's, you know some kind of heavy metal music rock music maybe some rap but it would often be like real music uh if you go back in history you can remember the great gorgeous george from the 50s and he came out to pomp and circumstance right which again is a pretty classic song which later was used by the macho man um so you can start with that sergeant slaughter um had the marines him played in the late 70s and then eventually you got to the 80s and it seemed like you know everywhere they were using music and music i think has always been important you have the rock and wrestling connection um i don't know guys let's kind of just go around the room i'll start with uh, the stretcher since you brought it up music and pro wrestling um give us your initial thoughts
6: well i was kind of looking at through the aspect of um live events and even even on tv to an to an extent how much better it was when music was there you know like just name or so for instance we, we know we the machine's uh, affinity for, for Jimmy Boogie Boogie Man Valiant. But when, when his yes. music started, Boo Boo Kitty, people went freaking crazy. And, and I remember being at the arena one time when the, when the sound system wasn't working and the wrestlers would just come out for their match. They tried putting a boombox on the – and they were just playing like – they played like Purple Rain and just whatever, whatever music they had. But there was so much taken away from it, not having the music there. It's just – it adds to the theater of of the match, and, and I don't mean, like, for instance, how it, 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 the the other, the opposite, the extreme is when, like, you know, like, two WWE guys are wrestling, and all of a sudden you hear Stone Cold's music, and he comes in in a run-in, but they play his music first. You can't right. play music before a run-in, or else it's not a run-in. Right. It's not a run-in if you play music first, Masked Man, is no, it? No, no, no,
5: no, but but settle down. Settle down, Stretcher. Settle down. Settle down. All right, next
6: person. <laughs>
3: <laughs> the, hat, the hat is off it's all it's all over no you're not wrong It kind of gets to like the logic of pro wrestling um on the machine what I you want, got to say about music or mass or man go ahead buddy
5: I can, I can tell you i can i, I want to comment uh to something stretcher said and you know like he mentioned how like boo-boo kitty come on and and people go crazy and there was something about when you had a song that people knew that was associated with a wrestler that the were hated or however it worked and it would just turn the crowd into an absolute frenzy. Um, and you know, we know why in modern times they don't necessarily use the popular songs to introduce wrestlers, we get it. But back then it was something. Like when the Road Warriors, when, that, when the Iron Man from, from Black Sabbath would kick in, yeah. you knew that destruction was about to happen. You just knew it. And it was, oh, I'm getting goosebumps. Do you see these? Do you see these on my arm? Goosebumps. look at those
4: yeah because well, it was everything about that like you'd hear it like in most is an entrance they didn't have an. they would sprint as fast as they right. could slide under the bottom rope and kick the shit out of their opponents before the song even stopped playing
6: right. no ringing introduction say so everybody would just clear out what real, real quick before we get to, to the to the next person what, what i forgot to say is when when they played 2001 space odyssey for flair before he came out, and it was, sometimes they played it like, like you sat there for two minutes. That made the moment seem like it was a world championship match. It was just huge—the the drama, the suspense, the tension—like all of it was there, just waiting for him to come out.
2: Yeah, I I think you know you guys were talking about the 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 like Iron Maiden, and I mean not Iron Maiden, but um, what am I trying to say? Um, Black say, Sabbath, Black Sabbath, yeah, Black yeah when they played that you know that that was just their signature um and then i think the companies had to get away from that because of rights and how much it costs so wwe hired uh what's his name jim johnston and the guy in the 80s and he came up with some classics such as ass man uh for ass Man, right but but to going back to like um the, the Road Warriors, like you knew their their song. You, right well he he recreated that with like with uh Hell Yeah for Stone Cold and No Chance for Vince McMahon. So he he kind of kept it going Jim Johnson. Um but yeah that that once you heard that music I mean listen how fans would go crazy for Stone Cold when when they heard that glass you know, breaking stuff like that. So it sets a tone, you know, that's an important thing. All right, but I'm gonna go off on another thing about music and wrestling. The one thing I enjoy about music and wrestling, besides, you know, the entrance and all that, is I love when a wrestler is a musician or pretends he's a musician and uses that instrument, they get automatically disqualified, like Jeff Jarrett or the Honky Tonk Band. And they just don't care if they get disqualified and they just boom, smash their guitar over the head. That's what I call music and wrestling, that kind of stuff. What, like, what about they don't care, just a blatant DQ? I'll just smash over right here with my guitar. That's my version of music and wrestling that I like. That's, there. That's pro wrestling, and That's pro cool. wrestler does whatever it takes to
3: smash his opponent into a so there you how go the, how about the maestro the Maestro. <laughs> i love the maestro the Maestro, the maestro. very underrated underutilized pro wrestler in wcw really? well we saw some i remember some of the vignettes like he was there playing a, a piano and just like the, the the camera pans in and all of a sudden he's just like shocked you know his finishing well, move is called the encore by the way he would he would talk about the the key of C the key of C is out of tune. <laughs> the key of C is out of tune. Exactly. And who was this,
6: who was this uh, smoking hot valet? I can't remember who it was, but oh um she's ridiculous.
3: Her name was Symphony. Yes. But who was she? She was from, she was from she was from WWF, I think. Symphony, the key of C is out of tune. Oh, my God. Exactly. See, and it, and I, I think that's another episode. I think those, those kind of mid-card, underutilized wrestlers, whether it's WWF or WCW, guys that they probably could have done a little bit more with, but they just, for whatever reason, they didn't. I think the maestro could have at least been TV champion.
6: Exactly. Champion. Yeah.
3: Champion. Astro, what do you got to say about music? Oh, there we go. <laughs> oh, there. There we go. Yes. man with a good pull there. Who is that? So That's her kidding. official, her official
5: name, her, her name in real life is Alicia Nicole Webb. Show
6: mm. her again. Mm.
5: Yes, very good. There you go.
4: Yes, very good.
5: Uh, to <laughs> the to the listening public, she is. I uh, just want to clarify, she is fully clothed, and um, there's there's nothing illicit going on here on the podcast. Certainly not. She is a she is a proper lady indeed well you know
4: the the, the music it, we talked about this a couple weeks ago uh we were talking about you know sort of the clear difference between uh the nwa and the wwe um and 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 sort of the difference in the way that it it, it pushed its product and and music was one of its its first attempts uh the wwe to make itself into a a household uh product uh for for the whole family which you know, I have here my, my copy of the wrestling album. Um, this came out in 1985. Um, and at this point is when they started using, you know, the, the songs on this album were used as interest music. Once this album was released, this became the interest music because they, they, they knew that they were going to run into an issue and stop using, um, licensed music. Cause plus, big never would have paid for it anyway. Um, but the NWA didn't. I think it took them a little bit longer to to get out of using the uh, the real songs. But um I mean not to say you know real and fake songs because as we all know, don't go messing with a country
5: boy is very real. There there's nothing fake about anything on the Pile Driver album. No, certainly
4: not. Um, which actually uh, you know Management was the second the follow-up album, Pile Driver. aptly subtitled the wrestling album 2.
5: This one came, oh. I think in nineteen. 19- oh. Seven. what is that one what is the first one this what is, is, the, this is one? the
4: original wrestling album the wrestling album did you Pile say Tuckers? mr wrestling Two? <laughs> i did i'm not
3: sure hold on <laughs> so on the wrestling album so you had land of a thousand dances because i can remember the mtv which, like, which was played
4: on mtv yeah so again, everyone is, right
3: is like there. you know well, what is mcmahon or going
4: for you know now, they yeah. team up with cindy lopper they, hey,
2: uh, how big was that event on MTV? That, that it, up? it was huge. I remember watching it with my sister and brother. And they never watched wrestling ever, but they watched that because it was yep. it was huge. The, uh, huge. the Goonies music video
4: had mm-hmm. uh, had oh all the boys God. in it: Piper and 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 Sheik and Volkoff, and uh, and of course Captain Lou was in uh, was in. Girls just want to have fun as well. Mm-hmm. First her first hit. Um, he was. But I mean, look at this. Okay. Don't go messing with the country boy. Cara Mia. I don't know where that came from, uh, but that was, that
5: was a, <laughs>
3: <saying>. <laughs> Nikolai Volkov. Yeah. Nikolai Volkov. Uh, that is Perry Hall's um, own Joseph Prusvik.
4: Although I, I think I would, I underappreciated uh, mean jeans, uh, rendition of tutti frutti. Um, and of course, land of a thousand dances. I mean, they had a whole video and everything for it. It was great. Played on MTV. Um, and then the, and then there was this great one which was which was mentioned earlier and i'll i'll um i'll just play a a, a snippet for you gents uh, when you're when you do a live uh, a live
3: show oh yeah
0: okay.
4: That is what you do. Beautiful. Grab them that. Is-
3: so that's- I'm not sure what I'm not sure what to comment on, like J.Y.D.'s rugby shirt or right. the, the chick that was dancing around in this flowing skirt about basically saying, grab my butt. It wasn't was Dark Journey, was it? I don't think it was. No. was it was, it was a win
4: win for for McMahon because it was like, you know, made a shit ton of money off of these albums, uh, got them into the spotlight, and then he solved his problem of replacing their theme songs. Um, but it also gave it a much more, you know, produced feel. Yeah, Legitimacy.
2: It's true. Which, uh,
3: it's true.
2: Here, here's something interesting, though. Okay, so we said that they, were, they didn't want Vince was too cheap to buy the rights to it and stuff and use the, the rights to the music. Well, I'm just pulling up some of the albums of WWF at the time. In 2000, they had an album out called Aggression. And it had, you know... Uh, D-Generation X that had uh, Mankind's A Rock. Now, some of the artists on this album, like The Kings was performed by Run DMC. Old Dirty Bastard performed Mankind's. Method Man did The Rock. Snoop Dogg, Snoop Dogg did Stone Cold. So it went from the, the wrestlers getting the for artist to now it went from the artist wanting to be on the wrestling albums. You know what I mean? That's how Fine. much influence that. These, this uh, material that that idea that Vince had, you know,
3: yeah, I think you're seeing like decades of going from taking songs to making your own songs to now making songs with real artists. It also shows how much more money the WWF or WWE had at that point. Yeah, totally.
2: Vince's uh song on this album, Aggression No Chance, was performed by Redman M. Rock and featuring Peanut Butter Wolf,
3: whoever that is. Peanut Butter Wolf, yeah. Peanut everyone, Wolf. everyone has a Peanut Butter Wolf <laughs> album in their home, don't they? Yeah.
2: But yeah, I thought that's an interesting point there. That they, you know, now the artists want to be yeah. on the wrestler with the wrestlers, as the other way around.
3: Well, look, we have to. We we can't talk any more about this until we talk about Bed Street USA. What about the Fabulous Freebirds? Exactly. Exactly. great album great song great performance and the fact they actually sang on the song this was like 84 i think like 84 or 85 that's uh
4: yeah that's a good point let's look that up um hayes was always leader of the group with exceptional mic skills he recorded the the the, uh team's new theme song best street usa 1983
3: oh 83 okay there you go so how about that So,
4: so yeah i mean it was like he ended up they beat McMahon did a punch having an original song uh, starring the people that, you know, the the theme was for and, uh, and then they didn't really do anything. I mean, they kept it. Certainly it became their theme forever, but, but they never expanded on that
3: for the rest of the Federation. Okay, please. Avert your, (laughs) avert your eyes. He, (laughs) sorry. He just showed again, Michael Hayes with a Confederate flag. And again, he's wearing nothing else but a confederate flag covering, um, blanket, his
0: covering his nether
3: regions. Yes. 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 Look, he did what he had
5: to do to promote the song. That he did. That's what true artists do that he did. He didn't need. Um, he-
3: well, no, again, like I kind of remember this, right? Like that. Okay. They always used Freebird by Leonard Skinner, which made a, a ton of sense and then eventually transitioned over to this song and I mean, right, it just became the song for them, right? Here we go. I mean, let, let's hear a little bit of it, right? Who, who's doing it? I don't know who's sharing the screen there. Oh, I thought I was. Hold on. You Sorry. are. Yeah, you are. you are. Yeah, you can just go. Yeah, okay. I think it's all you. It's all you. Can you hear that? No, you you got to make sure you you got to make sure when you do the share you got to do share audio. I've done it. Uh, I I've, I did. I've, I've screwed it up a tons. I've screwed up a ton of times. Speaking All of right. which, while, while we're looking at Terry Gordy, doesn't Terry Gordy look like a huge Muppet? <laughs> like one of those Muppets, like there would be like a person Muppet, like the one that did. He's got this bunch of hair and like these vacant eyes. Like he looks like just a huge walking Muppet. What a what a great
6: professional wrestler.
3: Oh, like a fantastic professional wrestler. And um I was just looking at some kind of some some cut. There we go. There it is.
2: There it is. That's what I was trying to do. Sorry about that.
1: She don't want to be at yeah. This ain't
2: no one to be home It's all for the city misery yeah. We knew when we got here They tried to put us away yeah. But when they see us walk down the street They ran the other way Let's
0: free Atlanta D.A.
6: So, so wait a minute. If you, if you keep playing it, who is Old Lady McDuffie calling the cops? <laughs> who, is, who is that? Who's Old Lady McDuffie? I need to <laughs> know. <laughs> I can play it now. is not be
1: around. God. No, I never
6: really paid paid full attention to those lyrics before. Those are masterful lyrics.
3: And and I feel I, I feel like it's like the Star Spangled Banner, like you don't realize there's a second and third verse. Yes. And once you realize there is, you're like, it's just this newfound glory. Like what is that? We never got to this point, right? Because by then the robes were off; they were wrestling, and it was over.
6: I mean, she had to call the entire United States Marines to fight Terry Gordy. Think about that.
4: Can I also mention why you know the YouTube site that we're, we're listening to this on has recommended videos, and one of the recommended videos was the episode of Different Strokes where Gordon Jump molests Dudley and attempts to molest Arnold
6: um i don't know why that's that shows up as a recommendation there's a logical uh, connection there along with the demolition (laughs) yes yes it is so in their own way look like uh you know the bad touch people
3: goodness good god
0: i'm I'm gonna
6: i'm i'm going to listen to bad street uh usa several times before i as i'm sleeping going to sleep tonight
2: so besides bad street usa what is your favorite intro Favorite,
6: original or, or
2: uh any whatever
5: anything whatever at all. all
3: right mass man you start and we're going right around and i'll, I'll finish go I, man, you're up
5: i will have to go right back to the the black sabbath iron man yeah. Road warriors that would that was my absolute favorite um of all time it was just perfect next
6: stretcher well besides the 2001 um that I, I mentioned before the the Mod Squad with the Midnight Express is in itself an excellent.
3: Ah, yeah, it's an excellent. Also, that was also that was also on the power play, I think, too. They had that. <laughs> yeah. Blast, right. <laughs> but but blast. it's
6: like it's like the Midnight Express would wrestle the Road Warriors. They would play that song first. They'd come in, and then the Road Warriors would come in. And like like we said before, you wouldn't even get to the ring introductions. It was great.
3: All right, Astro. What do you got?
4: Well, yikes. I mean, again, you, you pick the two best ones there are. Um, you know, I'm, 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 I'm looking through, I mean, there were some, there were some later ones that that turned out pretty good. I, you know what, what, what was a really good one and, and never one of my favorite wrestlers, but I cannot deny his popularity and longevity was uh, was the undertaker's theme. Yeah. The, the undertaker's theme, again, it had that, uh, that, that that quality that that uh flare coming out to the uh, you know 2001 um you know it had it had that same lights went down and you heard the, the dong and it was you know mm-hmm. it was very simple just the big uh the big organ playing and um and it was it was always always a good theme so
3: yeah if you can't get hell's bells you might as well make your own correct yeah, exactly all right machine Okay,
2: I can tell you the worst, the worst ever is Jimmy Valiant's New York <laughs> boy <laughs> from New York City. That is the all-time worst, and I hate it more than anything in the world. Uh, and I know this is not going to be a popular response, or whatever, but I, I got to go with my man right behind me and Hogan and Voodoo Child. I mean, that was th- when Scritch. he would come down. Oh, when he was skirt. bad. Yeah, when he was bad, I I did, I really did dig it. You know, I I did I like that a lot. I'm not a Hogan fan, but I did like his uh, intro music. I must say.
3: No, fair enough. That that's a good one, especially yeah, with, with the, uh, you know the 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 stubble and he's got the black and white on. That's true.
0: Right. I,
3: I guess I'll go with one that's a little more modern. But I mean, this is one of my one of my favorites. If I can get oh, it. Oh yeah, it's a great one.
6: I thought, I thought Matt was going to go no chance. Yes.
4: This is a good one.
3: I could keep going on that, but yeah, That's I know we saw S- Sister That's Sherry. Um, yeah, that was that was absolutely one of my favorites of the, uh, I guess of the newer age, the Harlem Heat theme song. Man, yeah, absolutely, I love yeah. those, love that. Mercenary, so can, can can
6: I reach deep for one? Reach deep, uh, deep damn deep. I don't know who this wrestler was because it was never proven, but the Midnight Riders theme, Midnight Rider, was uh, was very appropriate.
4: Yeah. Yes. Yes. You often who wonder which was came first—the song of the rest of no,
3: Rider, no, who? Uh, I'm blanking. Who sang that song? Is that Almond Brothers? Is that the Almonds? Oh, Almond Brothers. Almond Brothers. Yeah. Almond Brothers. Brothers. Yeah. yeah. yeah I, I
6: feel like when I listen to it, I, feel, I always feel like I'm like in a campfire, like you know, eating refried beans out of beans, beans out of a can, and there's dust all around me. And uh, yeah, that's that's what I think about though. But I'll, I digress. More beans,
3: Mister Taggart. Did
6: uh, say you've had enough?
3: <laughs>
2: quick question: Did Adrian Adonis come out to "Goodnight Irene" at all? Did he ever? Did he yeah. use it as a song at all, or just? I know it was his sleeper, but did he use that as an entrance, or did he have something else? I don't think he I mean, ever did, used "Goodnight Irene." Did, I don't know. Or did he have anything? You know, it just popped in my mind because it was like that's a song that he used as his finishing maneuver, which is. Is there
4: any other... F- yeah, see, all I'm seeing right now are when he was adorable, Adrian Adonis. Yeah,
6: yeah. I just Would know I, when the manager pulled a leather jacket off of him and he spun around, it was the oh, you know, greatest okay. thing to prove.
2: <laughs> is there any other finishing maneuver named after a song? Since we're talking about music and wrestling. Hmm.
3: That's, a very, that's a very good question. Shane, um, you
4: bring up a great question. Great but the, question
3: uh, the other, the other really.
4: classic theme, though, that we, did, we didn't mention, of course, was Macho Man, which... Um, yeah. which then became every single person who graduated um, would walk down the aisle like they were Randy Savage. At least I know yeah. I know. Um, oh. Of course. Matter of fact, course. I think our friend, Big Whiskey actually wore a cowboy hat with with shades when he walked down uh, for his graduation.
3: Oh my, <laughs> my gosh. Oh Well, again, I know we could continue talking about music and we'll probably have to double back and get, Top five theme songs or most popular theme songs and even worse theme songs because there's some really bad ones too in the mix with a lot of really good stuff as well. So like like
4: like like the Manly Man song. Oh <laughs> which is so that was so uh, bad. it's great.
3: Steve uh that would be Stephen wasn't, he's a, Steven Regal Steven Regal, the man's man. He was a man's man, he's such a man. A man. I the, I was hello, ladies by val Venus. Uh, are you really gonna boo a, porn, a a porn star i mean really come on anything Hot dogs and buns i would be more upset with i remember in wcw there was one for sting called a man called, a sting. Man called sting. he's a man called sting
5: yes he's a man
6: <coughs> called sting Well, it rivaled his wrestling ability so <laughs> um.
3: i know you often will call him stink um, yeah. As well as one well of our other friends would call him "stink" as well, but yes, that was that's a that's a that's a topic for another time.
4: It also made me think of you know other wrestlers that that Machine had mentioned that that were also musicians. Now he did not mention heavy metal Van Hammer. Ah, uh, oh, <laughs> right.
3: awesome. <laughs> he's, he was.
4: A,
2: he,
3: he's a, a Maryland guy, wasn't he? Oh,
2: I got one! I got one! I cannot believe we're not mentioning this guy. That it's in his name is buck rock and roll zoo Hall. <laughs> Uh, I forgot about him. He had the boombox and everything. Oh,
5: it certainly did. My Lord. Oh, and then you could go on disco inferno. Oh,
2: oh yeah. yeah, disco,
5: disco inferno. inferno.
6: Yeah, fantastic. Oh, yeah. Well, there you go. Oh, listen, That's- how about how about uh, Alex Wright? <laughs> it's on the fringe there, but still, he incorporated he, he, perhaps the best dance moves not in wrestling <laughs> history, but uh, of the world with. <laughs> With German techno music or whatever it was, <laughs> Sprocket's
3: that's, 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 that's fantastic. Oh, like I said, I would like can... to be addressed as Dust Wonder Kid we... <laughs> well You have to put it in the in your name uh, in the bottom. But that, yeah, we could we could talk about this for for days. Um, I do want to pivot though. We're going to get to the wrestling spotlight or the wrestler spotlight, I should say. And uh, again, this was brought up by Stretcher. Um, <clears throat> so again, I need to give the official intro. We have Frank Donald Goodish, uh, also known as King Kong Brody and Bruiser Brody, an all-state football and basketball player at Warren High School in Michigan, played at West Texas A&M University, then known at West Texas State. I think we talked about this, maybe last show, like all the great athletes that came out of West Texas State, um, Played for a brief time with the Redskins. I know it's not PC that, these days.
2: Is that my uh, um, screen saving? I'm still learning the screen saving. Can you guys see that picture right there? No. Oh, is yeah, that, yeah, so we, can it, have, we, we can see it. See it.
3: And go. it's crazy. You can see sort of Bruiser Birdie in there, but yeah, that, that man looks like a businessman. He doesn't look like someone's going to beat you with a chain. Sports writer. Started out as a sports writer.
2: Did you guys know yeah. that? Yeah.
3: yeah. Did you yeah. say that? I'm look sorry. I was guy. thinking that. No, no, no. Look at that guy, though. I mean, that's amazing yep sports
2: writer at uh maybe San Antonio newspaper, I think he started out, and then he started covering the matches, I think, and he realized, well, I'm six eight, I'll probably wreck some people somewhere,
3: but yeah yeah, absolutely. He started wrestling, it looks like in nineteen seventy three um wrestled in Texas, really wrestled all over the world. i mean, um florida, Japan actually did quite a bit of money in Japan um ended up of course as we know um was murdered in 1988 at the age of 42 in Puerto Rico um Astra I think you brought up the whole dark side of the ring mm, yeah. it's actually very well done the whole thing about I mean listening to Tony Atlas and Dutch Mantel talk about cuz they were there at that time what happened um I don't know guys your thoughts on Bruce really one of the greatest wrestlers, is one of my favorite easily in my top 10 all time bruiser brody uh machine what do you think thoughts on bruiser brody uh
2: bruiser brody i loved because of uh hold on here i'm sorry i messed that up uh bruiser brody i love because of he the, the thing that stood out for me is like people in the stands feared him like seriously legitimately feared him because you weren't sure what he was going to do. And the one match I remember it was in Japan where he was just a maniac. Um, and he took a chain and meanwhile there's 10,000 people in the stands and they all ran from all 10,000 people ran away from him. Uh, I really, he never had an agent. So he did all his, his own negotiating. And I think that was to his detriment. I think that if he would make his own deals, I read. um, So I was kind of disappointed that he didn't have an agent because I think he would have been even more well-known but he would not conform to, you know, the corporation or whatever. Uh, No, I just, the guy was freaking awesome. I thought, I think he, he could have been an absolute superstar, 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 but unfortunately he just didn't choose the right paths. And, and yeah, I, I think he pissed some people off too. And, he obviously pissed off uh, people in Puerto Rico, but his business dealings, I think, was his to his detriment, and I, I think that's why he got murdered, is because of his business dealings, so it's a shame.
3: But that, yeah,
6: yeah
3: you know. Absolutely. Stretcher, what do you got about Bruiser Brody?
6: Well, uh, along the lines of Stan Hansen, there's only select wrestlers that I think could wrestle with anybody and make them better. I guess Flair's in the same vein, but there is not any time that I would ever want to miss a bruiser birdie match. And I think that's the highest compliment you can pay anybody. Um, tough, crazy, but he could also wrestle scientifically. He could drop kick, you know, and, and he was and he was a much more intelligent man. It, it sounds like from what uh, he gave off in his interviews, which were fantastic, but just, I mean, I can't say enough about him. And, and he was, you know, one of those guys that kind of terrified you a little bit when you were younger, but just, I mean, if I, if I told you, you know, um, hey, guys, let's put on a Wahoo McDaniel versus Bruiser Brody match. You can watch the whole thing, you know. So no matter how long, I don't care if it's 25, 30 minutes, I'm going to watch the whole thing. That's
5: true. Um, Massman. man. I'm going to concur with the stretcher here in the sense that the, the Bruiser Brody was one of the scariest. Um, I remember being a kid and thinking him, Stan Hansen, and Dr. D. David Schultz were some of the, the, the three nastiest wrestlers you could, you could put in a ring together. Um, and I tell you, Bruiser Brody had that look, and I, I'm disappointed that he never got to the level of absolute stardom that I think he could have been. Um, I really would have loved to have seen, uh, I guess in the mid-80s, Late '80s, a battle between him and say Hogan would have been explosive.
3: Yeah, yeah, that's a major kind of missed opportunity. It would have been huge money—a heel Brody against Hogan mid '80s. You just would have printed money. Yeah. Astro Bruiser Brody.
4: Yeah, I mean, I think I, I think all you you need to say is you go back to to what Machine said about his uh, his career in Japan. I mean, it, it if if you can make it in both areas that says a lot about you as a wrestler uh as you, you know you mentioned uh you know stan hansen he was another guy who could go to japan and wrestle terry funk wrestled in japan um you know the, the, usually you had to be of a certain quality or else the japanese would not accept you <laughs> so um so if you could make it in both areas um you were there so um he was he was definitely and, and certainly I, I think we should be uh, using that as a future episode as uh, wrestlers that genuinely terrified us because uh, I think everybody mentioned him uh, because he was he was such although again one of those that you hear that was also kind of a a nice guy though I mean business dealings aside I mean I, I think you heard a lot of good things about him about him just being like a generally kind of kind of soft-spoken sort of nice person certainly not the not the wild man that you saw in front of the mic
3: Yeah, I mean, I concur with the thoughts, again, about you would figure he'd be huge in the WWF against Hulk Hogan. He was one of those guys, again, that didn't probably need a belt. I mean, right, he went from territory to territory as a special attraction, was, you know, a fan favorite, a bad guy, didn't matter who you had him in the ring against. Uh, it, It was money. I mean, he's a unique character. You don't see guys like him anymore. They don't make guys like that anymore. And of course it was terrible how he met his end um, the story is insane if you've never seen it i suggest you take you know there's plenty of sources to find out there um but I, it's upsetting he could have wrestled another at least another five years with the way the guys wrestle at least back then i mean dying at 42 he was somebody that certainly could have wrestled longer than he did
6: well, I, absolutely,
3: yeah. I do have a promo to share. And he was someone who not only could go in the ring, but could also speak on the mic.
0: I was the man who next Friday night here in the Sam Houston Coliseum will be battling the AWA champion, Nick Bockwinkle with Bockwinkle's big broad belt at stake this time in a no disqualification match. And Bruiser Brody May I tell you that the fans here are confident and and absolutely positive that Bockwinkle held on to his title when you met him here, and he did it only because he deliberately got disqualified.
1: Paul, some of these people out here have been coming to wrestling for over 20 years. The same city, the same seat, and they know wrestling, they know good, hard wrestling fighting and they know who the best man is at all times in that ring you know these people are smart people and everybody who was at that coliseum two weeks ago and I don't want to have to come out here and shout every week knows and I mean knows that Nick Bachwinkle kept his belt only for one reason and one reason only all them people know it and even that Nick Bachwinkle knows it he had to go for a real cheap disqualification he had to look for the hole to get in he had to look for the back door Over the years, Bockwinkle has come in here and fought all the top men. He's fought the Dusty Rhodes and the Wahoo McDaniels and all the great wrestlers from across the country. And I think you'll agree and all the people agree nobody ever gave him a whipping like I gave him two weeks ago. I'll agree. And I think you'll agree and all the people out there are going to agree that when I get him in the ring next week, and I'm not out here to make promises, I'm out here just to quote the facts. When I get him back in the ring for his AWA championship belt, it's going to be worse than it was last time and he's going to wish he never put his name on that contract because i'm not here to pass out threats i'm only here to do what i'm best at and that is win
0: so bruza brody who a man who has a particular penchant for doing what he says he's going to do he is a tough customer he is in better shape than he has ever been in his entire career and his battle with uh, nick Bockwinkel two weeks ago will long be remembered as one of the wildest of uh, title matches. Now, the American Wrestling Alliance did not want to sanction this particular match for with a no disqualification clause, but we were able to convince them that it's the only way that Bockwinkle could clear his name and be able to say that he did not deliberately Get disqualified. Titles cannot change hands on a disqualification in the state of Texas, and this is a state law. And uh, this <laughs> is a But in the Coliseum next Friday night, he will have no such luxury. He will be a champion with no place to hide. And when you're, you've no place to hide. And Bruce Brody is approaching you. May I suggest that the best thing to do is to get right out and start battling. Can, can we
6: write the state legislature?
0: I remember that.
6: I remember that when C-SPAN watching that, that legislative debate about the uh, no disqualification thing, it's, it's
3: quite I, pick, I picked that especially because Paul Bosch, and that's the very confused gentleman who is interviewing him, once Brody leaves, he must have had to expand time because he yeah. just started talking about anything he could find to fill in the time. Oh, my goodness. So I, I don't,
6: Matt. Oh, I'm sorry, Super Astro. Do you remember when you made like the best the best wrestling mixtape ever? Yes. The, the, the Brody Flair interview, where Brody says when it's right he's going to drop the big knee on him. That is that's the genius of Bruiser Brody there. I know. I'm it's
3: drop the right. big knee when it's right. <laughs> I was I was looking. and I watched that tape
4: maybe three thousand times. <laughs> it was I wrong or did he call out the masked man in that interview? He might have. I thought I he said he I know who the masked man is. <laughs> That's why I made a face.
3: <laughs> yeah, I was actually looking for that interview, and for whatever reason, I couldn't find it. Well, I was yeah, going to drop the big—I was going to drop the big knee on you when it's right.
6: Because the, and,
3: it doesn't and, uh, exist.
4: That interview does not exist. It was, yeah, exactly.
6: It was a match in Kansas City. I know that it was a promo for a match in Kansas City. <laughs> My so you don't have that tape anymore. It, It's—it was—it was in. I don't know where it went. Machine, didn't you have it in your trunk or something at one time? Where we yeah, I think so. We something drank beer. Like that. We spilled beer over it and drank it. Drank the yeah, beer. Yeah, I think so.
4: And then, it, then so, yeah. it went back to the sea with the purple haze. Yeah.
6: One, one, another thing about Brody is it kind of like Hanson. Like these guys aren't big, muscular guys, but you know, Brody, you can tell is in shape. But he's just—he's a huge. I'm not only I mean, muscular. He is yes, but he's not cut. The guy's just huge. He is a monster.
2: I mean, yeah. I, I swear you got to see that video of the people in Japan running away from him. like literally ten thousand people running away from him because he's just wielding this chain like a maniac. Like, like okay, there's ten thousand against one, and he he basically beat up ten thousand people because it's just yeah. a maniac. Goodish is a great last name too for a Yeah, exactly. But yeah, interesting story, man. Interesting guy. Really interesting.
3: just wow. Yeah. Nothing more to say about bruiser Brody and it's I mean, funny yeah
2: good knockoffs too like the berserker is definitely a knockoff or right? the barbarian yeah, yeah. The barbarian. I mean so he uh, he's influential that way yeah. too you know just total total knockoffs yeah Go ahead, Matt. I mean, I no mean.
3: no not a problem um bruiser Brody right one of the greats um any other thoughts before we try to wrap things up tonight because um I know we could keep going on and on, but at some point, the 60-minute men have to answer the answer the bell, and we have to should head out have, for another time. Should we promote
2: our football show? Oh, out? absolutely. Absolutely. absolutely.
3: Um, we already thought about this, right? We we're trying to think, okay, when are we going to talk about football players in professional wrestling? We have Super Bowl Sunday coming up this Sunday. So the plan is, obviously, to have the next episode, episode eight, talk about football players and pro wrestling. And I think it would only make sense to have the wrestler spotlight be one of the greats, the big cat, Ernie Ladd.
2: And that will be a 13 hour episode. <laughs> will. Yeah, I think,
3: will. Yes. It'll be a special director's cut. I don't think it'll go any more than 13 hours. We'll start at 6
6: AM and take the people right up to game
3: time.
4: Well, see, when, when we make it big. we redo it. We would it would be the alternate halftime show at the Super Bowl. So, while be. everyone else is watching Rihanna, whoever is performing, they would all switch to watch us perform during a uh, halftime.
3: Yeah, there, there's a lot to talk about there. Pro, uh, pro wrestlers who, and again, back in the old days, it was about you know, you needed to make extra cash, so when the offseason came, you wrestled. Um, and it goes from there to people who you know, got into it, got out of it and et cetera. But, you know, there's a lot to talk about, but I don't want to give it away. We got a whole lot of whole episode to come up. Um, Parting shots before we get out of here, I will go to the stretcher first.
6: Uh, Just another uh, excellent episode. Um, I I will say I was telling uh, the mercenary this the other day that I turn on my TV right after work and I'm listening on Spotify, listen to our, our podcast as my family walks by, and looks at me confused but that's what i do have it in my car you know when i'm doing the apple CarPlay. i have it there so i, I mean i've listened to these podcasts several times and sure should the viewing audience which is soon to be joining us
3: absolutely machine your thoughts not well, the good uh you know good
2: episode because music and wrestling definitely going go together now since ever since that mtv show and uh just 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 uh match meeting having just a really good show today
3: absolutely like Chinese food and peanut butter they go well together um, yes, once again we finish an episode of the
5: 60 Minute Men and I feel that we could talk for another two or three hours about the topic that we're talking about um, I think we could talk more about Bruiser Brody uh, just his just brilliant matches and music and wrestling I think we could keep going it's just such a fun topic. I'm glad we touched on it, and I can't wait for the football episode.
3: All right, Astro, bring us home. Um,
4: I'm, I'm, I'm.
3: He's putting he's putting little, his copy of the wrestling album away.
4: Well, I'm a little I'm a little baffled because I, I, t- I took a look at the back of the second album. The second album definitely does not have as many. Uh, I mean, what's 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 good is great. Demolition, honky tonk man, pile driver, of course, by Coco Beware. But, um, but I was particularly struck by the ballad Waking Up Alone. Now, can anybody tell me who sang Waking Up Alone? No. That would be Hillbilly Jim and Gertrude.
3: Hmm. Who is Gertrude? Uh, wasn't it his pig? Oh, I don't know. I think that has to be solved for next episode, who Gertrude yeah.
4: was. Um, so there, I'll, I'll leave huh. you with Waking Up Alone. Uh, hillbilly jim and uh and gertrude
5: wow wow okay. i'm gonna be thinking about uh grab them cakes all day tomorrow
2: i, I got something real quick we didn't we didn't, touch with, we didn't touch with this guy jimmy hart who was a legit musician who was in a band called the gentries and they had a hit hit song called keep on dancing uh so yeah jimmy hart the mouth of the south was a legit musician and a legit band and had a legit hit two legit Jordan,
4: uh, springfield
3: he, he was. He was, He was too legit. Um, right. Yeah. He could sing. Um, I think he was involved in writing, on some of those songs on the either of those albums you have. And yeah, he's absolutely somebody involved in the music industry. Another connection. To he didn't rock. write Ass Man,
2: though.
3: He did not. And I wonder who who did write Ass Man. Jim
2: Johnston. Jim Johnston, wrote Ass Jim. Ass Man, not the not Jim Johnson, the Oriole closer, but Jim Johnston. <laughs> He's the guy that wrote all these intros for the W from the eighties wow. to the two thousands. That wrote all these intros, and Jim Johnson, he wrote a, Ass Man.
6: That's the first thing I thought about when you said that was Turbo Sinker, Jim Johnson.
3: Turbo Sinker. Well, we have finished another episode, gentlemen. We can't wait until next episode. We talk about football. Football Pro Wrestling. This was music and pro wrestling. Bruiser Brody. Couldn't have been any better. Fun time as always hanging out. This has been episode seven. Get ready for episode eight. Football coming up next week. See you later.
2: <laughs> Done recording? Uh, hey, so uh Jimmy Hart, you know which one intro he wrote?
6: Mm-mm.
2: I just pick it up. Sexy boy by Shawn Michaels. <laughs> I
3: almost I almost choked. Oh. Sexy boy by Shawn Michaels. By one Judy of my most Hart. hated that's another oh. episode. Most hated wrestlers of all time. Oh. He's my most hated wrestler ever. I G-A. hated Shawn Michaels. If you're only touched about him. If